You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. I just want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all our moms out there. I want to let you know that you're one of a kind. God didn't make any mistakes when He called you to be a mom, when He gave you that privilege of, of having children. Uh, God gave your kids to you. He knew that you were the perfect mom for them. I uh, just want to encourage you today that uh, every ounce of energy you've invested, every time that you've taken care, every ounce of love that you've shown, your kids has not gone uh, unnoticed. Being a mom can be a thankless job. And just want you to know today, uh, God sees what you're doing. He, under- he understands how much you, you care and you love your kids. Every prayer, every prayer that you've prayed over your kids is heard. And uh, God is moving and at work in their lives. Some of you have been praying for your kids for a long time, and you're not seeing a whole lot of changes. I want to let you know, never underestimate the power of a praying mom. Uh, I, I, will, I will not bet against it. And so I just want to encourage you, moms, uh, all that energy, all that life that you have sacrificed and invested, it counts. It all counts. Thank you for doing what you're doing, moms. Um, and, uh, you know, I think this season for moms has been a little bit easier, really. I mean, you've traded in your chauffeur hat. I mean, you don't have to drive your kids around anywhere. Um, except for the fact that you've probably traded in that hat for a teacher hat, um, a principal hat, uh, the custodian hat, uh, the chef hat, probably the waiter as well, and the busboy, um, the concierge, uh, the laundromat, um, the counselor, the entertainer for your family, uh, so, so many hats. So moms, we're praying for you right now. There's a lot, a lot on uh, mothers everywhere, and uh, appreciate all you do. Thank you for what you do. Just want to let you know we honor you and we love you today. And there's also those of us that are, you know, apart from our moms right now. Perhaps you're, you've lost a mom or you're not able to be with your mom today and, and you wish you could. Um, and uh, I just want to let you know that I pray that the God of all comfort would just surround you today, would, would give you the hug that your mom would give you, let you know how proud he is of you, and uh, that, you are, that you're not alone in this. There's something about the comfort and the affirmation of a mom and uh, God can God can fill in that place for us. And uh, just want to just pray over you today that if that's you today, if you're just feeling lost, feeling feeling that absence, that God would God would bring you comfort today in that. Uh, it's just not another one of those days. It's Mother's Day that we typically get together. That the inability to gather that we just feel it. We feel it today more than more than most days. You know, if it's a, a Thursday or a Friday, but on a Mother's Day. Yeah, that's one of those days we feel it a little differently. Um, and I genuinely feel that even even in our church, you know, I miss I miss gathering with you. I know we're not supposed to talk about that anymore. She's probably sick and tired of hearing. If I hear one more commercial, you know, within these unprecedented times, like seriously, I'm getting tired, sick and tired of hearing it because yeah, we all know it. We're trying to just don't remind me. Uh, and here I am talking about about not gathering. But there's something that about that gathering that's really it's it's a huge part of what we do in our identity as a church. It's a big part of of who we are. And uh, there's many things that we associate with being a church that we just can't do today. Now, we're going through our core values. Uh, each week, we're kind of taking a look at what are those guiding principles, those things that define who we are and, and what we're all about as a church. And the first one was that today's a new day, right? There's grace available for us. The second was that anything's possible. Big faith, right? Pray big prayers because God... God's a God of the impossible. And then last week we, we talked about how people are primary, about love and about what that really looks like to, to make people our, our priority. And today we come to the fourth one, and this one is it's, uh, it's core. It's, it's one of those, those heart and soul ones, and it's we are the church. We are the church. And i got a question for you. Like right now, 
What does that even mean? Like, what does that mean? I, I get phone calls where people say, so, hey, how's the church going? And I want, you know, how do you answer that? What do you want me to, what are you asking? What do you mean? You know, it's, it's a hard question to answer. You know, are you asking how many people are tuning in to our YouTube videos? Are you asking if people are continuing to give online? Like, what if, what do our numbers look like in terms of finances? Are you asking, um, you know, how, how are the people doing in the church? You know, is anybody, is everybody well? Are you asking how I'm doing? Is it how busy I am? Like, what are you asking when you ask me, how's the church doing? Like, and how do I answer that? How do I answer the question of how is the church doing? We've always said the church is people. It's not a building, which is really good because we don't own a building, one. And two, the building that we rent, we're not even able to access it right now and gather. So the church is not a building. We know it's people. Um, but how is the church? How is the church? How do we, how do we measure that? What is it? What does it mean to really be the church? And how do we know how well the church is doing right now? It's super important to answer that because I I believe that right now, in this season, in this time in history, that this is a God-ordained opportunity for the church to shine in in a very dark time. I feel like this is such a critical opportunity for us. Um, So how do we measure if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing? How is our church doing right now? How do you answer that? And hopefully by the end of this message, you'll be able to answer that question. Um, Because that's the question. How is our church doing right now? We need to know. How are we doing right now? Um, The church word for church comes from the Greek, uh, the word ekklesia. It means the called out ones. Um, Typically an assembly, (laughs) ironically enough, an assembly of those called out who've heard the voice of God calling them. And leave behind what this world says life is. And they accept and embrace what God says, what his promises say life is. And they, they choose to pursue that life. So it's, it's the assembly of a called out group of people. That's what the word church means. It's, it's a called out, a separated group of people from, from the herd, separated from the pack. From, it's not the mass. It's, it's those who have heard a voice, who have heard the voice of God calling, who understand what he what he is what he's asking and who follow him right that's what the church is it's people now it's cool because anybody can be part of the church absolutely anybody doors are wide open anybody can be part of the church it's not an exclusive club god the heart of god would be that everybody in the entire world would be part of the church absolutely everybody and here's the problem there's one small problem is that there are people who think they are part of the church there are those who who are part of the church. There are those who are, know that they are not part of the church. And there are those who think they are part of the church. But Jesus would actually say that they're not part of the church. Like, makes you gulp. Like, uh, what? Do we, what? Like, if God wants everybody to be part of the church, why would there be people that want to be, but aren't? And so, I, it's a great question. I want to answer that today. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 7. We're going to pick it up in verse 21. This is one of the gospel accounts of the stories in the life of Jesus. We read this. This is, this is Jesus talking, and he says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and perform miracles, many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. See, there's more to being the church than just doing churchy things. Uh, There's more to being part of the church than just going to church. Going to a church service doesn't make you part of the church. 
There are plenty of people who go to services who would not call themselves part of the church. Calling yourself a, a Christian or a follower of Jesus doesn't make you part of the church because anybody could just say that. Reading the Bible doesn't make you part of the church because there are plenty of people that read the Bible that don't, don't even believe it. Giving money doesn't make you part of the church, uh, unfortunately. Um, fortunately for some, unfortunately for others, it, it's, not, it's not something you can buy or purchase. Doing good things doesn't make you part of the church. There are plenty of people that do good things that are outside of, of the church who wouldn't even identify the church, but they do good things. So that's not it. Completing a discovery course and a branches group and sign, you know, getting a certificate from LifeTree and getting a t-shirt and signing the book, even those things don't make you part of the church. Um, those are all things that the church does, but those aren't things that make you part of the church. So here's the question. What makes someone part of the church? What does it mean to be part of the church? And Paul wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus, which is in modern-day uh, western Turkey, and uh, he wrote a letter, and he gives us a brilliant definition of the church. And just want to, just want to read it for you real quick. Just a, just a few verses. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15, it says this, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, this is Paul again talking to the church, I have not stopped thanking God for you, he says. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of, here it comes, the church. And verse 23, so where we're going to center in. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Now, perhaps you read that and you're like, I missed the definition, Pastor Dan. I mean, I saw a bunch of things, but it wasn't a really clear definition. Here's, here's how I would summarize a definition through Paul, through the scriptures, of what the church is. The church is all the people. It's all the people who make the complete person of Christ known to the world. It's all the people who make the complete person of Jesus Christ known to the world. So let's break that down, because this is so important. First, the church is a who, not a what. Very, very clearly, it is people. The church is people. It's all the people, right? So what kind of people qualify for the church? Well, first of all, we, find, we know that the church is diverse, right? The church is, is all, all sorts of people from all languages, all, all parts of the world, all ages, everybody across the world that's diverse. It's such a... a an incredibly diverse community of people, all abilities. Everybody is included. Everybody, remember, anybody can be part of the church. So the church looks like everybody. It's going to be so diverse. That's what the church is going to look like. But the church, in its, in its diversity, it's amazing. It's also unified. There's unity and diversity. The church is one. There's one church. God has one church. Remember, we went through the Creed series a while back and talked about this. There is one holy church. We are part of one church. So there's one, one group of people. Right? They're diverse, but they're one in mind, one in heart. 
Right? There are blessed people. It says the church, people in the church have every spiritual blessing. Kindness poured out on them. Wisdom and understanding poured out on them. Anything spiritual, anything good that God has, he has poured it out in the church. So the church has everything that God has. All of his power, all of his blessings are poured out in the church. So the church is a, is a people group that has every blessing of God. They're completely united, so diverse. They are a holy people. People that are set apart, that are made holy, not because they're perfect. This is one of those things we've got to clarify. The church is not filled with perfect people. It's filled with broken people, but it's declared holy because of Jesus in the middle of us. Right? So we are a church of people who are set apart, who for a unique purpose, that's what it means, holy. It's set apart. It's sacred. For, for a unique purpose, they are a loved people, a people who are loved by God, Dear to his heart, God died for the church. He gave his life for the church. Scripture tells us that the church is the bride of Christ. He uses that marriage, that marital analogy, that Jesus would be the groom and the church would be the bride, that there's this sense of deep love, that Christ loves the church the way a groom would love a bride and sacrificed and gave himself up completely for the church. So the church is a loved people. They are a free people because they're forgiven, so they don't owe anymore. So it's a people who are forgiven and redeemed and rescued and restored. It's people who are strong, stronger than the gates of hell. It says, my church will be stronger. Says, remember to Peter, says, I will build my church on you, and the gates of hell won't, won't be able to withstand you. The church is stronger than the powers of hell. Think about that. Okay, it's a submitted church, submitted to the authority of Jesus. He is the head, we are the body. Think of that by a headless horseman, right? Think of that metaphor of, of a headless, right? He is the head, we are the body. So think about all of who is the church, okay? It's a people that are diverse, that are unified. They are blessed, they are holy, they are loved, they are free, they are strong, they are submitted. It's this unbelievable, un, such a rich version of all these people gathered together, a called out group of people, gathered together. It's all of those people. That's what a church is. It's all those people, but it's not just people. It's all those people who make the complete person of Jesus Christ known to the world. It's, a, it's all those people who make the picture, the, the person of Jesus known to the world. Here's what that tells me. Ready? First of all, it tells me that I can't be the church alone. Very simply, I cannot be the church alone. I can't reveal the complete person of Jesus to the world. I can display parts of Jesus to the world, but I cannot display all of him. I do not have all the qualities and the character traits of God. God that's why there's diversity in it. We need each other in order for the full and complete picture of Jesus to be revealed to the world. If all the world could see of Christ was, was what I brought, it would be a, a, such a small, limited fraction of who, of who Christ Jesus is. It's such an incomplete picture. I can't do that on my own. Like, there are certain gifts and qualities I have, but I don't bring the full, the full measure to the table. I cannot be the church on my own. By myself, I am not the church. Okay? That is not me. We need each other. And we'll talk more about this next week, but we all have some parts of Jesus that we reveal. And when we put it all together, it says the full picture of Jesus is revealed. It's absolutely incredible. And it also shows us this, that, that a crowd by itself, one, I can't be the church on my own, but two, a crowd by itself doesn't make a church. It's not just our gathering that makes us a church, right? It says the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Right? We need Jesus 
in the center of everything. Because if we're just a gathering of people and Jesus is not there, guess what? We're no different than any other crowd anywhere else. Right? It's, it's, it's so, and we're no different than any other group of people. This is, what, this is why it makes it so important. It's not our gathering that makes us a church. Hear that we, we are not to neglect gathering. Gathering is an important part of what we do as a church. It's one of the things that we do. We cannot do it like we've done it before. We're still trying to gather in this way. But we aren't gathering right now. But we are still very much the church right now. And it's so important. The church is alive. The church is well. The world is seeing God in brand new ways right now. So let me tell you, this has not stopped the church. Okay, let me just tell you. We, do no, we no longer gather at the Seventh-day Adventist church. We no longer gather in a room. But let me tell you, the church is now in Yardley. The church is now in Robbinsville. The church is in Hamilton. It's in Ewing. The church is in Trenton. The church is in West Windsor, in East Windsor, in Allentown. The church is in Cream Ridge. The church is in Columbus. The church is all over the place. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are the church. Where you are right now, you are the church. So our church just grew. We now all of a sudden have, I don't know, a hundred different campuses in houses all over this kind of because we are the church. And so now our church just, just went multi-site. We've got campuses everywhere. Let me tell you, the church is alive and well. What makes a church a church isn't, isn't, isn't the building. It's not just the gathering that makes it a church. What makes a church a church is that people see Jesus and hear Jesus and feel Jesus when they're among us. That's what makes a church a church. There was a story D.L. Moody told. He was a pastor, a preacher a long, a long time ago, and he talked about a little boy who went to a Sunday school in Chicago, in downtown Chicago, and his family moved uh, to a different part of the town. But every Sunday, he would get up and walk all the way across town to go back to that, to that church and to that Sunday school. And people, one day people said, why... Buddy, why are, you, why are you walking all the way across town? This church is closer. Why, why are you walking all the way to this church? And he says, well, that church, they love a boy there. They, they love me. And it's just one of those things that stood out. When, when Jesus is in us, when Jesus is being revealed through us, people sense it. They know when Jesus is in you, when that full, complete picture of Jesus being shown in us, people know. People know. And let me just tell you right now, that can happen on a Zoom call. That can happen on a phone call. That can happen in your home. That can happen on social media. That can happen from six feet away. That can happen at ShopRite that, with a mask on. That can happen with a mask on at work. That can happen wherever you go. People can sense and feel Jesus when you reveal him fully. Right? Now, we can't do it alone. We need each other. We need all of us to be doing this but as we each do our part, we then begin to reveal the complete picture of Jesus to our world. It's so important that we become the church right now, that we be the church. Because Jesus is the answer to every problem, every pain, every suffering that our neighbors, that our family, that our friends have. Right? I just Our task as a church is not to draw a crowd, to get a ton of people watching. That's not our task. That's not our mission. It's not to, to draw crowds or to have smooth systems or to build buildings. That's not what the church does. Those are, those are some things that we do. That's not who we are. That's just, that's just expressions, right? But we have been given the sacred privilege. The highest calling is to reveal Jesus to our world. We are the body of Christ. The hands, the feet, right? the head, the heart, the arms. That's who we are, right? Every hug, every help, every comfort, 
Every time we defend, every time we, we, we check in on, every time we call, every time we're a teacher or a servant, everything that we do, all those things that Jesus is, when we reveal Jesus to the world, then we're being the church. Think about this. Jesus was the visible image of the invisible God. He said, I will be the picture of God that, you, that the world can't see. So Jesus came in the flesh to reveal the Son shows us what the Father looks like. And he says, now, you're my body. And now, Jesus comes and lives in us. When we gather, we become his body, and we become the visible image of the invisible Jesus to the world. We become that visible image to the world. They see Jesus in us. And if people cannot see Jesus in his fullness in us, uh, then we're church, then we're, we're being weak. And we're an ineffective church. But if they can, if, he, if the church can see Jesus in us, let me tell you, hell braces for impact. That's what happens when the church begins to be the church. The church is not in hibernation right now, just so, just so we're clear. Uh, we are very much alive, and this is a great time to shine. This is a tremendous, this is the golden opportunity to shine. So here's the question, really. Here's where it breaks down. There's the, the, the practical. How can we be that church now? How can we be that church today? Like everything in the kingdom of God, it always starts small. The power of the church, corporately, is determined by us individually. God told us that he gave Jesus all authority. Jesus has all authority over COVID-19. He has all authority over every government. He has all authority over every economy. He has all authority over every sickness, over every relationship, over every dynamic that's going on in our world. He has authority over everything that exists in our world. Jesus has been given all authority. He rules over people, over powers, over plans. He rules over everything. And we are told that he is the authority over the church. He has all authority over the church. He is the head. We're the body. The head tells the body what to do. It gives us our direction, our guidance, all those things. In order for Jesus to be the head of the church... In order for Jesus to be our authority, for the church to be the church, here's what has to happen. He has to first be my authority. I can't bring to the group, to the body, what I don't have personally. If we want to be part of the church, and I'm not talking about life tree. I'm not talking about just our life tree here. We're, we're, not talk, we're talking about going through classes and checking boxes. If you want to be part of God's timeless, ageless uh, geograph, you know, geography, wherever, his wonderful church, he must be your authority. I'm going to step on some toes here, and that's, I'm sorry, but um, uh, you can't get me after service, so here we go. It's okay if you're not ready to make Jesus your authority yet. If you're not ready to make that decision yet, that is absolutely fine. But we need to clarify right now that if you want to be part of the church, this is a necessary step. You cannot be part of the church and not have Jesus as your authority. This is not just a commitment to follow Jesus. To, to, to learn about him and to pick and choose what parts you like about what he has to say and to follow some of those. This is not a la carte. Right? This is a definitive commitment to live differently. Jesus doesn't invite us to modify our lives. That's not what being part of the church is about. It's not, hey, I joined a church and I'm doing a little more better things. I'm doing nicer things. I'm being a little more kind. I'm doing a little things here. Again, it's a process. We understand that. But the decision in our heads is it cannot be just... Incremental. I'll be give God a little bit here, a little bit there. We want to be part of the church. He must have all authority in our lives. He didn't die just so that we would give him a little bit. He calls us to die to our old life so that we can be born again 
to the new life that he wants. It's a lay it all down, give him whatever he asks kind of submission. If we want the church to be the church, to true, we've got to be the church. And in order for us to be the church, he's got to have authority over us. And for him to have authority over me, I need to lay down everything. Everything submitted to him. It doesn't mean I give it all up and I have nothing. It means I give it all to him with open hands and say, you take what you want. You t- I will not clutch it. I will not grab it. Open hands, God. You've got to, I lay it all down. If he tells me to pray for somebody, I will pray for them. No matter how much I like or don't like them. If he tells me to forgive someone, no matter how hard, I will yield and submit to that authority and I will forgive. If God tells me to keep trying, I won't quit. If he tells me to go, I'm going to leave now. If he tells me to stay, I'm going to stay put. It's authority. Whatever God says, I respond to. That's what it means. We have everything in obedience. That's authority. We have to lay down our will and submit to his. Listen, we don't have to do this. We absolutely do not have to. You don't have to be part of the church. But if you want to be part of the church, of that blessed, loved, holy, set-apart, called-out, ones who have been given the opportunity of revealing Jesus in his fullness to the world, you have to come under his authority. You've got to say, I'm in. I sign the dotted line. I, I will burn the ships. There's no going back. I'm in. I'm in. We don't have to, but... We get to, if we want to. We absolutely get to. This is, listen, there is a clear cost. There's no sugarcoating it. It costs everything. Jesus didn't say, come and, and he says, come and die. But he says, but then I will give you life that's so much better. There's a clear cost, absolutely. But what we get, trade. Trade is far worth it. Absolutely. It's absolutely worth every ounce. There's, there's, it's a no-brainer, done deal. So here's the question. If we want to be the church, here's the so what. Does Jesus have that kind of authority in your life today? Does he have that kind of authority? And only you can answer that question. That's something between you and God that you've got to do business with him. Does he have that kind of authority in your life today? And the second thing, the second thing, and we'll wrap it up here. We need to measure everything by how well we are revealing the full and complete person of Jesus of Christ. Of Jesus Christ. That's it. Everything comes down to how well we are revealing Jesus. That's the only measure that counts for the church. How's the church doing? Let me tell you. How are we revealing Jesus to the world around us? How are we giving a full and complete picture of Jesus to the world around us? Again, it starts small. What can we do? It starts with us. Can people see Jesus in you? Very simply, are you presenting Jesus to those that you're interacting with? Can your, can your neighbors sense Jesus in you? If you don't know your neighbors by now, it's not okay. It's not okay. And listen, they are not irrelevant to you. They are the reason Jesus died. They are the reason he he puts you where you are. You didn't move into your house on accident or into your apartment or wherever you live. You did not move there. God didn't give you that address by accident. It's not random. You are where you're placed in that neighborhood and staying home around those people for such a time as this. So let me ask you, do you know them? They are the reason... God calls you the church. They are so blessed to have you next door, to have you right there. They can't go anywhere. But guess what? I'm gonna, listen, I don't care if you're an introvert on this one. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be. I, I said my step on toes. I'm sorry. I'm an introvert too. Promise you. Right? Introvert, extrovert. My natural, I renew myself by spending time alone. 
Right? I, I love to be alone. I do. It, it fills me up. I don't mind being with people, but I, that's, I get my renewing energy. Some people love, you know, they love to spend time with everybody else. That's not me. It can be draining for me, exhausting sometimes. But that doesn't matter. You don't have to become a blabbermouth. But there are unlimited ways for us to show love. It doesn't have to just be talking a lot. Our love for others has to outweigh our own personal comfort. We are the ecclesia, the called out ones, the, the on display, the light for all the world to look at and see. And some of us, that can make us uncomfortable because we think they're looking at us. But we, I just want to remind you, as the church, you are not out there to draw attention to you. You are out there to draw attention to him. That's what the church is. That's what it means to be the church. It means get out, not because you want people to look at you, because you want people to look at him. And if you're an extrovert, let me tell you, stop drawing people to you and make sure you're pointing the people to him. Right? That's it. Be you. God's given us those personalities. It's not right or wrong, good or bad. That's just how he's wired us. But in all of that, we can all be the church. It's diverse. But, but one. One heart. One mind. Don't forget, the church is people. It's all the people who are presenting and making clear the full and complete picture of Jesus to a world that desperately needs to see him. And let me tell you, that church, that church is an unstoppable force. Oh man, this is the stuff that gets me going. It really does. We have the honor of releasing the infinite love of God into a world that is dying for that kind of love. It is dying for that kind of love. We've been given that privilege, that honor. I have a conviction that the church should be the most vibrant, the most alive, the most dynamic community of people on the planet. Our calling is clear. Show the world Jesus. That's what it means to be the church. And that starts with you, and it starts with me. Are we revealing Jesus right now? So, I close with the question, how are we doing right now, church? How are we doing right now? How is our church? We are the church. We are the church. Let's be the church. Would you pray with me as we close? Heavenly Father, Jesus, I pray that we make you proud and that we make you crystal clear to a world that desperately needs to see you. Help us to be the church, to present you in the fullness and completeness, in all of your love, in all your grace, in all your mercy, in all your goodness. Lord, in everything about you, or that as you show up in your presence, Lord, in, in those quiet times, in the loud times, in, in the happy times, in the sad times, in the in-between, in every season. God, you were there, Lord. You laughed. You, you, you cried. Lord, you did it all. You were with people, Lord. You were with the, with the elite, Lord. You were with the outcast. Lord, you, you, went, you were everywhere, and you commanded us to go and to be the church. Lord, let us take that responsibility seriously. Let us not abdicate our responsibility to pass it on to anybody else. But today, Lord, would we make you proud? Lord, would we be the church that you've called us to be? I thank you for this great privilege, this great responsibility, and the ability that you give us to be that. Lord, you enable us, you empower us. We can do this because you, when you're in the middle, Lord, that's what makes it all work. It's not us on our own, but it's us in, in collaboration with you, you show up and you make us the church. Oh, what an incredible truth. It's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Love you, church. Can't wait to see you again soon. God bless you. 
Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com.